This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. the news we'd all been waiting for. It wasn't a matter of if. For many, it was a matter of when. After nearly nine years of service as a promotion-winning player, Football League captain and phenomenal manager of the academy, John Dempster has left the building, vacating the manager's chair after just 21 games in the driving seat. A 1-1 draw at Crew Alexandra on Saturday proved the final nail in the coffin as a promotion fancied Mansfield dropped to 18th, just seven points from the one relegation place. Tonight on this Managerial Change Monday special episode, Cam, Nathan and I reflect on what went wrong for John Dempster in the gaffer's chair and ponder what next for Mansfield Town. As conversations commence with Bristol Rovers boss Graham Cochlan about filling the vacancy. Would Cochlan be the right man for the job, having had just 12 months in post at League One Rovers, or should the Radfords turn to a more experienced head, such as the five-time promotion-winning Paul Tisdale, currently a free agent? Let us know your thoughts in the comments on the live feed and have your say on your team. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Strap yourselves in. A new era is about to begin. The search for a manager is on. And the quest to turn Mansfield's fortunes around begins.
actually. And here it is. Mansfield Town are on the lookout for a new manager, their second in six months. Can the Stags find the right man to guide them to promotion? Can the Stags find the right man to steady the ship? And can Mansfield Town turn this season around? It's the season of goodwill, but not to all men as John Dempster finds himself out of work and looking for a new future. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield Matters. My name is Craig Priest. Alongside me, as always, Mr Nathan Edge. And back from the abyss, uh, probably because that there's something to talk about this week, Cam Felton is back with us. Glasserless, contacts him, but still got a beard. What is going off? How are you? You all right? Everything? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Nathan, it's been uh, <laughs> an interesting You're week. You're a pro man. I know, I'm only joking. How are you? Well... Positive after, after <coughs> last week, yeah. Uh, the hard work paid off. Yes. So now I'm back, ready to focus, and we've got a long season ahead. That's yes. all I'm going to say. We said that at the start of the season when David Flickcroft left. Yes. It only seems two minutes, doesn't it, Nathan Edge, that we were sat around your house talking about the departure of David Flickcroft after finishing uh, fourth in the league. Now, uh, less than six months on, pretty much, John Demps has had 21 games, 22 points on the board. Stag sit in a position we don't want to be in, only seven points off the relegation zone. Did you see that happening? Um, <coughs> no. Uh, I, I, I didn't think it was going to be playing sailing when the appointment was made, but I didn't expect it to be this bad. And, uh, and I think now we did the board, and that's why the decision's been made. Uh, you know, it's obviously part company with, with John. But I think before we, uh, we get into I think, I think we have got to acknowledge the work that he has done for the club. Absolutely, I think we've yeah. absolutely got to thank him for, you know, particularly the work that he did with the youth team, and obviously as a, as a player, uh, it's always it's, it's it's sad that it's ended up like this, and you know he, he's no longer at the club, but unfortunately the step up, as many of us feared, was just just too much, um, and and I think this, as you said in your intro, it's been coming for a while, unfortunately, and it probably should have happened a couple of months ago but it's been done now uh, and we have to move on and wish John all the best with whatever he does next uh, as always get your comments in below on the live feed obviously a very important one tonight uh, we're hoping to try and potentially schedule another podcast in before Christmas Day but this one could also double up as the Christmas special hence why Nathan is wearing a Christmas jumper oh, sorry, yeah, which I believe does it is it either talk or light up? It, it, it plays a song, but it, I won't play it, it now. It plays a song. The battery's going, it's a bit embarrassing. That's how I <laughs> played it, to be honest. Fair <laughs> play. Uh, as always, get your comments. I really want to hear your thoughts. We want to know, who would you like to see uh, replace John Dempster? Obviously, there are mass rumours uh, around at the moment, as I said in the intro, that it's going to be Bristol Rovers manager Graham Coughlin who uh, steps into the breach. If it's not, who would you like to see? Uh, who would you like to see anyway? Uh, why and where do you think it went wrong for John Dempster? Let us know all of those things uh, in there and we'll get to your comments as soon as we can. Lots of you uh, viewing tonight, as always, with it being a, a big news topic, that sort of thing. Uh, so get your comments in. I'll try and get to them as quickly as I can. I'll try and get through them all throughout the rest of the show. Uh, let's first first and foremost so start off by talking uh, about the decision uh, which was made. It was almost strange timing, really, because if, if anything can, we probably expected to be doing this last week after that 3-0 defeat at home to Cheltenham, didn't we? You'd have thought so, but it just makes you wonder, was was this something in here before? We've, we've been through it before with the Adam Murray and Steve Evans situation. You knew, like, mm, summits. When when you heard the news that, obviously, Graham Coughlin wasn't happy, came out in his 
post-match saying that he wasn't happy, he's got to go back to his family, think it over, he's got a, a big life decision to make. And then not long after, the, the news breaks that John Dempster has, has been relieved of his duties and it's like, oh, okay. And then, then the rumour mill starts going, it's like, we've been here before, we know what's coming. And funnily enough today, obviously the news broke that we've been given permission to talk to him and it's like... Where do we go over it next? It's going to be, what, next 24 hours if we hear anything. Well, the Radfords are currently mid-flight, aren't they? Obviously, those who, who follow Carolyn uh, closely on Instagram will notice that they got on a plane early to return uh, to the UK, presumably for Christmas, but they'll have some more pressing matters uh, to yeah. do in, in the first place, Nathan, won't they, as soon as they land? Yeah. Uh, have they landed at Bristol Airport? Does anyone know that? Is there a, a flight number we can track? You know, we'll get that app out where you point at the sky. Sky the ground, Yeah, sky yeah. scanner. Did we do that for Nicky Maynard when we were checking the airports and the flights for the Nicky no, Maynard? No, no, that was thing. the uh, Rolls Royce scanner. Oh, the Rolls Royce, yeah. yeah, yeah. Slightly different app. But um, no, uh, you know, as we were saying, obviously it came, everything sort of started materialising after the match on Saturday. And, and you know, I think. It, whatever was done was was well. I know obviously everything's not sorted, but the John Dempster decision was was made last week for me because I, I think no matter what the score was on Saturday, even if we won, uh, I think the same outcome was going to happen because uh, just the timing of it all really. It, it had to be something that's already in the pipeline for me, uh, and and it was in some ways I was actually a little bit surprised because we actually for me I thought we did all right Saturday and came away with probably <coughs> arguably one of our better results of the season. So. You probably wouldn't have expected it. You would, like you said, you probably would have more expected it after the match last week. It was quite, it was quite funny, really, because we were talking sort of uh, in the group chat as always about the game and we were sort of, what's the news? The news sort of broke that sort of thing, and it was, uh, I guess, one of those situations where we played well. And we, we perhaps, you know, on the back of that, might have would have liked to have seen seen how Saturday unfolded because, for as Nathan said, Cam, for probably sixty minutes we played quite well, got back in the game in the second half, we were on top, but. Typical Mansfield this season under John Dempster, we racked up numerous chances but just didn't take any of them. Nicky Maynard could have had a hat trick, CJ Hamilton could have had a couple, Danny Rose, the list is endless. Yeah, I think it was Mal Benning came out in his post match and said that, that they need to start taking chances, but they said that they were going to build on it, and it's like, well, how are you supposed to build on it when you're now going to have to settle under a new manager? And whether or not, if Cock, uh, kind of speak his name at the minute I'm knackered um, if Graham does come in would he take charge for Saturday would Jamie Maguire be in charge and just let Graham get a feel for the place and see how what's going off and what's going wrong and how he can improve sitting in the stands because it's not the first time that we've seen it happen I think Lincoln did it earlier this season when they appointed Michael Appleton <coughs> got absolutely trounced in that game like 4-0 or something but he was sat at stand, not having anything to do with it, just looking and you know their fortunes haven't improved massively, but it gave gave them a chance to have a feel of what the club's like, what the fan base are Absolutely. expecting. And I'd like to see that happen, because I think A, Jammer needs time to work with players and get everything, whatever's out of the head, because you think it's what, an hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours back from crew, so they might not even have been home Oh, they were, they were, if Instagram is believed, they were in a, a nightclub or a, a or a restaurant somewhere on the Christmas party. Well. Amari's Instagram. Uh, who uh, else? I think it might have been Otis's Instagram. <laughs> uh, so. 
Is it a crap pie or is it a uh, party that the manager's left? I'm saying Ooh. nothing. Oh, sorry, dude. sorry. Uh, let's uh, put it out there. Uh, before we go on and talk about obviously timings of coming in and, and the you know the recruitment process and things like that, let's do things properly. Let's read the club statement which was uh, published uh, after the game on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, it reads: Mansfield Town Football Club can confirm that it's part of company with manager John Dempster. In a statement, Chief Executive Officer Carolyn Radford said both John, Chairman John Radford and I would like to place on record our sincere thanks to John Dempster for his seven year service as a player, uh, academy manager and first team manager. I make it slightly longer than that. It was 2011 when he came. But anyway, by the by, although I can't do math, so it's all good fun. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't where do I get to? Uh, throughout this period, John has conducted himself with the utmost professionalism and his in, an integrity and leaves the club in our highest regard. John Radford, Chairman and I consider ourselves to be patient and supportive owners. However, football is a results-centred industry and as we approach the halfway stage of the season, our points tally has fallen well below expectations. Therefore, we feel a change in leadership is required to provide the best opportunity to turn our season around. The process for a new manager begins immediately and we hope to make an appointment in, in a decisive and timely fashion. Academy coach Jamie Maguire has been placed in caretaker charge. A uh, couple of things the statement doesn't mention. Uh, the future of Lee Glover, uh, the future of Andy Burgess uh, and that of uh, Paul Broughton as well. Although I believe, not Paul oh. Broughton, sorry. Uh, one of those days uh, of uh, Drew Broughton um, who I believe tweeted earlier today. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said. <coughs> it, it was something along the lines of I've enjoyed my time at Mansfield. I've known John for uh, quite a long time, being a former player as well. And then... Um, just thanked him for being able to be part of his like coaching team or something. So I think at the end it also said something about you know expect this club to move forward. Uh, yeah, some, you know good and foundations really. So yeah, I think I think I think now is just the time to build. And obviously we've still got expectations to do things this season, but whether we get there or not is completely up to what happens in the next twenty four hours. Keep your comments coming in. I'm going to try and go through some of them as uh, I've missed quite a lot of them. Uh, very good evening to you. I've also noticed that a former Mansfield Town manager is watching us and a uh, friend of the show. Uh, good evening to Mr Paul Cox. I hope things at Kettering are going very, very well for you indeed. It must be a strange one that as a, ma as, a, as a manager and as a coach to see one of your former players go through and take this route into coaching, into management and then obviously get sacked from the job you did as well. It almost must be a strange... Uh, situation. Let me go to some of the uh, comments. Uh, Callum says, wasn't expecting to see you guys again so soon. It's <laughs> never easy with the Stags. What an interesting weekend, especially after a decent result at Crew, but the right decision nonetheless. Come on, you Stags. Um, try and get to trying to catch up so I can get on my phones. It's quite confusing. Looking at my laptop, watching us about ten about a minute later, it's quite confusing. Uh, Damien says we were talking about uh, who we'd like to see uh, come in. Uh, Damien says Paul Tisdale he's been there done it cracking manager uh, Martin says always liked Curl obviously Keith Curl manager of uh, Northampton at the moment he'll be visiting us on Saturday as they come to town but will we have a new man in the dugout or not uh, Jamie says he had to go it's a rare it's a results based business and his results weren't good enough I don't care who we get in as long as he is a better choice than John Dempster we'll talk about that the choosing of John Dempster we'll go back to the start of his uh, journey uh, shortly as well uh, Peter says the directors have to take responsibility for appointing a guy who was not ready for the post of a senior team management the players ditto for some substandard team and individual performances the new guy whoever he is is inheriting those same players 
who have, let's face it, now let successive managers down. True fact. Uh, time for a clear out in January, Mr. Radford. Uh, a reminder, of course, that all comments and uh, all opinions expressed in tonight's show are those of the individuals and not their associated organisations as well. Uh, and Mark adds, I think Mansfield should uh, have used this opportunity to bring in experience. Alas, I don't think this potential appointment is the right one. Hope I'm proved wrong. We'll have our views uh, on that shortly as well. Keep your comments in. Who would you like to see and where, and where did it go wrong uh, for John Dempster as manager? Let's go back in uh, a time machine now to uh, about six months ago, Nathan. We were around your house. It was very hastily assembled. <laughs> the one where David Flickcroft left the club and immediately at the same time, John Dempster was appointed manager the start of his managerial journey. The whole thing at the time, it seems a very rushed and very passioned decision, didn't it? Yep. Is that one now where in hindsight becomes a wonderful thing? Um, so, I mean, the <coughs> difference between the two change of managements for me, I mean, I, I was gutted back in, well, whenever it was, May, June, when, when, I don't know when, you know, six months ago when that decision came about to let go David Flitcroft. But then, obviously, we're then reflecting on John Dempster coming in. We all, I think a lot of us at the podcast and the comments have said, it's a gamble, it's a risk, because he's unproven at this level. But at the same time, everybody wanted him to succeed. You know, he, he was, in some ways, it was like he was one of our own. So we all thought it was a gamble and a very surprising decision. This one, to me, feels a little bit different because, I mean, if it was up to the fans... John Dempster probably would have been sacked a couple of months ago, where they've, they've tried to give him time, but we don't know why. Have they tried to give him time because they, they believed he could turn it around, or have they tried to give him time because they wanted to <coughs> wait for the right man to come up, come you know, for them to come up, come up for the job? So we don't, we're no, we won't know the full story in that aspect. So I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a rush decision in this aspect. Personally, I don't know about you, Cam, but I, I feel it's maybe a combination of the two. I think we've seen, and this is credit to the Radfords they are very patient people and uh, even if you go all the way back to the start of their tenure they gave David Holdsworth far too long uh, which I would say yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would uh, <laughs> Duncan, obviously then Duncan Russell uh, took over from that God rest him and uh, did a okay job took us to Wembley in, in a ter time of turmoil off the pitch and then obviously Paul Cox came in did absolute wonders didn't get there in his first season and, and maybe had that been now he probably would have been on his way because of um, the pressures we've put on there but I think you know they gave him uh, they gave him time to get us up and get us promoted he had what three and a half four and a half seasons at the club Adam Murray had a long 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 tenure at the club I think had Steve Evans you know not wanted to, to do one he might have still been yeah, here go to China in, and in, all that. in well, some yeah, respect exactly. so yeah. they are very patient people and I think a lot of it comes from seeing the work Dempster had done in the academy the time he put in as a player and one desperately wanted him to succeed and, and backed him but uh, as the statement said results speak for themselves well yeah exactly and you think <coughs> someone that's like you treat him as one of your own you, you like to see it when you get a player that's done the full circle you Adam Murray obviously came and went, came and went, and then came back on loan from Luton. Luton. Then obviously stayed, captained us to Wembley, captained us to playoffs, captained us to champions, and then helped steady the ship in the league when his time came. And 
unfortunately, it's another one where he was fair enough. He was an in- inexperienced manager, but he got a, a relatively all right, all right squad. Uh, Mid table finish after Paul Cox left, and then we were in a bit a bit of a similar sort of situation. So we're now when Adam left and down that not in massive trouble of going down, but looking over your shoulder like oh he was a getting bit a close. bit touching like, go, wasn't it? Yeah, and I th- same again. It's another. Was it, we get hammed like four nil at Portsmouth, and then he resigned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you get to a point, and it's like something's got to change very it? similar time of year as well mm. it was it was that was November end of November yeah. end of December yeah just might not like the cold <laughs> but it, it just seems that everything that's happened under Mansfield always seems to be like heading the same sort of direction it's just you get into a, a difficult patch or, or bar Evans you get into a difficult patch and then it's just like right okay we'll, we'll, next chapter we'll move on we'll build again and we'll go again uh, it just, it, I like that, that we've been given patience because we wanted Dempsey to su- succeed. Everyone said that at the start. Yes, we knew it was a risk, but knowing that he inherited a good squad with players that got their head screwed on, and it just seems that the players have let him down a little, and it just seems that they were running the shop, not not Dempster and Glover. And no matter what they tried to do, I think comes back to the fact that Dempster was an academy coach, a manager. It just seems like he couldn't stamp his authority into the players. And then we've got we've got quite a few senior players that are older than Dempster, have been around football longer than he has, played got, at higher levels yeah, than he say, has. So it's, like, higher levels. It's, it's hard to stand in your forest when they could yeah. turn around and say, what have you done in a way when they've achieved, arguably achieved more? Did he lose the dressing room? Do you think he, or did he ever have the dressing room? I think he had it for a bit. But I think I think end of October is where it started to spiral, and you could see it was starting to get to boiling point against Chorley, and that was two games after a decent run. And it just, just can we I just forget I just, November I think I ever happened? I, I don't know if he ever really did have his dressing. I mean, it's obviously it's hard for us. We, we we can only guess because we're we're not there. But I just think. Obviously, he started in and going out to Portugal and joining up with. I just think this squad was. The whole way he started, am I right? You think he didn't even go out on the plane with the first team, did he? he went, no, went exactly. Out the youth he was, team. Yeah. yeah, he was already to there. Say goodbye. It just seemed he he was already walking into a group that was very much a, a squad assembled mainly of, of David Flipcroft and you know Steve Evans. Really, obviously, there's a couple of uh, uh, Morris players in there, but I don't know. It just. I don't. I just question maybe his his man management due to that that gap. What we always said was a big risk of managing young players and then going to manage a senior squad. I think it's a big step, and I think that might be the bit that has been hardest for him. The thing that when I you look th- at some of the players' responses on, on the pitch as well throughout the season. The thing that I find most frustrating about this whole situation is we've got we're talking about a man here who's given you know seven, eight, nine years service to the club as a player a captain uh, and then built up an academy which in years to come will I'm convinced will do a crew and be a self-sufficient way of making money for Mansfield Town Football Club and he's got to take the credit for that but there are a certain section of fans a certain generation if you like of fans like with Adam Murray who will only see him John Dempster this is as a failed manager and the, the thing which frustrates me when he came in he had absolutely everything to lose 
and very little to gain for me mm. because he came in, he 100% deserved his opportunity. And I think the Radfords and the board are absolutely, were brave and, uh, and did the right thing in, in giving him that opportunity because he'd earned it. Whether or not the timing was right was the question for me. It's like when we go back to the whole Flickcroft replacing Evans scenario, that was the time because he had absolutely everything to gain in terms of there's 12 games left, it wasn't his squad, um, you know, we were in a good position, but if we went up, it didn't, if we went up or didn't go up, it didn't matter. There was nothing, there was nothing to lose. Whereas when he replaced Flickcroft at the start of the season, a whole season ahead of him, we just missed out on promotion. In such a horrible, heartbreaking way, it felt so difficult for anybody to come and pick that up, and especially a man who, you know, had done so much with the club and everyone was desperate to succeed. That pressure part almost became too much from day one, didn't it? I think, in a way, it was the differences between the the the, two, the, yeah, the, the Evans leaving and the and the Flitcroft leaving is that. We had no control over Evans leaving because of the way it all happened. So the anger was, 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 was towards him and the next person that came in, I mean, yes, we're still in a, a good position in the league at, at that point. So they had a little bit of pressure with him, but there was, there was nowhere near the amount of pressure because it felt like he, whatever happened at the end of that season, he was going to be the one to play. <coughs> he, you know, it was Evans walking out that was going to be the excuse for de- derailing the season, which I, I strongly think it was the case. The difference was with, with Flickcroft is that I don't think he should have got sacked, and there was, you know, a fair amount. Some some supporters did want him gone. That's that's fair enough, but some, a lot didn't. Um, so I think that was a wrong decision there. It wasn't necessarily the, the fact they brought in Dempsey. It's just the fact that they shouldn't have probably sacked the manager that led us to our highest, you know, league position finish in a decade. So I think we all said at the time, didn't we, when we sat around yours six months ago, we probably should have gave him till Christmas. Mm. Yeah. We should. This is the time now where we should have been assessing. A David Flickcroft revival. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, think, I don't think we would have been. In, in me neither. I think I think we'd have been would have been up there relative to challenge again and talking about us not making the same mistakes in January. But yeah, again, you, I think that's that is half the problem because we're there's a big majority of fans who still say those immortal words. What if? Hmm. And that that's the. It's issue. not going to help, is it? It's not going to help. We, at we all. can't live in the past now. Obviously. Uh, I think this hopefully is a situation where we can draw a line now and and, and and whoever we appoint obviously there's a big question about what happens next but um, I this is what I said to you, to you guys in the car as well I think this is a fantastic opportunity for the Radfords to try and we spoke about it the last few weeks to try and lower that well balance out that level of expectation a little bit because I think we've got a massive uphill challenge now uh, at one point on Saturday we were three points from, from, from the drop due to other results so yeah. Um, you know, you think about it, and actually, we're not that far from a relegation battle. I think there's a lot of hard work to do this season, no matter who we bring in. But this is an opportunity now to try and settle things down, uh, bring in a man who is going to be given a, a given time, uh, but you know, lower the expectation level a little bit, and 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 more, you know, plainly lay out what the plans are. Absolutely, we're going to come back to that and talk about a, a, a situation which n- we don't want to compare ourselves to, but perhaps do it at this time. But I want to go through some more of the comments because they've been spiraling in as, as we've been uh, spouting off. So uh, please do uh, forgive me as uh, as I try and get through as many of these. 
<coughs> as possible. Uh, Richard says that uh, the players have definitely let John Dempster down and David Flickcroft before him. Results weren't good enough for Dempster and the decision to let him, let him go was the, is the right one. But when do you start looking at the players as a bigger part of the problem? Absolutely, because mm. it's almost, you know, two, it is essentially two managers that 90% of those group of players have failed now. Uh, Chris says Demps was a superb player, uh, brilliant captain and fantastic youth coach and a club legend. The board of directors should take uh, responsibility for the position we're in, not Demps. So I don't agree with that, to be honest. Uh, I think that's more... Uh, the players I think on, they should on take the pitch. some responsibility. I think everyone has to. I think the players, the board, John, John Dempster himself. I think you know it's it's not down to one party. It's I think it's a contribution of all sorts of different things. Yeah, keep your comments uh, coming in as well. Uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Uh, Richard uh, also adds. Uh, also, any new manager needs time to assess and do things his own way, and that will mean getting rid of some players. Uh, Ricky says we took we keep talking about the good squad he took over, but that's the same squad that have been playing poor since last Christmas under Flickcroft. The players cost of promotion last year and are doing so this year too. Um, trying to get some more comments, which aren't just like I agree. Um, the team, uh, barring the new additions in the summer, is the same. The team ethic changed in January last year within the players group. This is common in changing rooms now where the players pull the strings. There are no hairdryers allowed in changing rooms these days. The assault of the young player in, in town didn't help and maybe split the dressing room. Obviously, that's a comment from Gary there. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. Let's be honest, uh, it's an interesting comment that Gary has uh, raised there because of things in terms of things that John Dempster had to deal with as a manager, not just on the pitch... He's had to deal with he had to deal with a lot in his uh, short time in charge, didn't he, Cam? We're talking uh, nights out, players, you know, being spotted out when they shouldn't have been. We're talking a horrible uh, suspension rate, red cards, yellow cards. He had it all, didn't he? <coughs> Mental. That's all you can really say, isn't it? It is one that John will definitely remember, and I think. As a manager, you, you come in, and I know we've got some hot heads in the camp. We know that. Point proven, the ringleader in all of this, ironically, got sacked a few years ago from Chelsea. Not mentioning names, everyone knows who it is. But it just seems that everything that's happened, it, it just. The dressing lost its head. Absolutely lost its head. No, no discipline, a lack of respect for the manager, the club, the directors, the fans. Because if you went out, it's like if me or you or Nathan went out and we've got uh, branded clothing on and you absolutely nutted someone in the face, where is that going to directly link back to? Any organisation you're linked with. And no matter what happens, that will get back to them at some point. Especially being a footballer, a higher, higher level footballer now, all it is is one message on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and it's out there people are going to start seeing it and when you've got so much pressure as someone that younger fans look up to and that older fans expect a, a better example of and you go out doing stupid things like that it's like it just what's going off in that dressing room when does it ever seem a good idea to go out and do that and then it then that had a fair enough. We won that get the following game, which was the Carlisle away game. 
But then he started to spiral out of control. Red cards, yellow cards, nearly... Well, we were averaging a red card every, what, two, three games? One every two yeah. games was the average that's, at one point. mental. What? And we had, what, maybe three, four last season? And we've beat that already. And the thing that's changed for me is, at the end of last season, I, I remember looking at the squad and thinking, there's really not many of those players that I, I, that I want to go. There's many on there that I think I'd be gutted if they left. I sort of look at it now and think, actually, I probably would let that player go and, and try and freshen up a little bit. And I didn't think I'd be saying that because I thought a lot of this squad last year, well, this year, has, has, has got the ability to, to, to take us up and got the right attitude. But I don't think they have now. I think there's quite a few in there that have, have pro- shown us this season that actually when, the, when things get tough, they're not they able get to... get going. Yeah. They're, they're not able to, to live up to it. So... Uh, you know, I so somebody said in the comments. I think it might be Richard about um, you know a lot of changes in January. Now I wouldn't drastically change it. I wouldn't want to see too many faces because you don't want to rock the boat too much. But I think we are probably now looking at an, a, a time where we do start need to freshen things up within the squad. I think it's an interesting scenario to see how the house of cards has fallen, really, because. For anyone, it was an exciting challenge to, to come into a job having just le- lost out promotion. Yeah, there was a little bit of picking up to do. But I think whoever comes in now, they've got more than just a picking up job to do. They've got to establish their authority from the from the off. They've got to get us playing good football again, get us believing that we can play good football, and, get, and more importantly, get us taking our chances. Because all it will take for me is three or four back-to-back wins as we st- and we'll start to climb the table we'll start to get that belief the fans will come back on side the atmosphere will begin, begin to grow and that'll be positive but it's going to take a real big figurehead to yeah. be able to to do that and to walk into the dressing room this for me is one of the biggest appointments of a manager we have ever had yeah, we need someone strong so i think if you look in the past evans won't take no nonsense from players flickcroft wouldn't take any nonsense from the players do you think the players can just because Dempster's a youth team manager was the youth team manager it just seems like they could walk all over him and just it, it very much looked that the players were running the shot uh, on the pitch off the pitch see I think <laughs> I, I don't want to talk too much about it because we obviously don't know the decision on his future but we imagine he will have gone with John Dempster a lot of the problem with me boiled down to the assistant Lee Glover because we were all confused at times and we all we've all said it on this podcast everyone's said it what did John Dempster say in his post-match interview after Newport away anyone yeah it was Lee Glover did the pretty much took the half-time team talk and he's the one that made the decisions of how to change the game and we actually had a response to that to be fair but uh but he did say that didn't he and did that not ring alarm bells at the time? But I, I, but not not towards Lee Glover to me. That 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 rang yeah, alarm bells to John Dempster. Because, Dempster was like clueless. Yeah, I mean if I mean assistants are there to help. So if an assistant does come forward with suggestions and stuff, that that is their job. That's what they're there for. That's what an assistant is. But and and probably right. So you know you should get credit for it from that after that Newport game, which is probably what John Dempster was doing. But. Um, it just makes you wonder how many more times that has happened and that just again to me it sort of makes you wonder who's in charge and things like that for me that's a leadership thing for John Dempster which is one thing that we've all been concerned about and I 
And I think that's been the case for a lot of it because we haven't. If you if you flip it a little bit, and never mind what he said, have, what have we seen on the touchline? You don't. How often have we said he's a bit motionless? You know, not really doing a lot. Um, you know, when when you look in the in the dugout each game, so. Yeah, so I think it's a leadership could, issue. You could look at it and think, right, oh, he's analysing the game. You could <coughs> come at it second half, it's like, right, anything changed? No? We're going to lose this. Or at least if you saw Evans or Flickcroft, they'd be barking orders at no matter what minute it is. If, see, if they see something, they will fix it right there, right now. Not wait till half-time where the game could be dead and buried already. The highlight for me uh, of, of that with John Dempster was... Saturday, ironically, where we were on top of the game and we didn't make... We made an enforced substitution when Amari replaced an injured Connor Shaughnessy and then we didn't bring Rose on until there was 10 minutes to go. It almost seemed like every time we were in the ascendancy of a game, those substitutions, to you know, to add that extra 5-10%, were always too late. It was always too little, too late. Like a game It was in some ways. It was like hesitation from him. Like you know, he, he sort of you you probably think because he, he eventually sometimes he did make the right sub, but it was always too late. So it's, it's been in his mind. It's just, just been hesitating to to do it earlier. Where if you make that to brave if you make that sub though and it works, you're a hero. If you you make that sub and it don't work, you're a villain. I think that's the thing in management, isn't it? You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in yeah. some cases as well. Uh, let me go back to some more of the comments. Keep them flooding in, guys. Really appreciate your support on this tonight uh, and for you to have your say uh, on your team. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Uh, Nathan says it's the players' fault. Uh, ever since County Way last season, uh, that was the most gutless performance I've ever seen for a local derby. The players have let the last two managers down and cost them their jobs. From now on, you need a squad uh, what's going to run through a brick wall for you. So who would be in your starting 11 and who would you get rid of in January? My first to go uh, would be CJ. Right, pick me three, play, three players each brave. who, are gonna, who you're going to ask to run into a burning building for you. Three players each. Uh, Rose. Nathan? Three players, one. Yeah, I'll go one Christian, Christian Pierce. Mine would be probably Alex McDonald because I think he, he's the type of well, he runs everywhere, doesn't he? Don't player think about it. Sorry. Play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll hold my life. Oh, uh, it took you 40 minutes, so I'll let him off. Oh dear, <laughs> it's oh, just shocking. Uh, I think it's one of those you need you need that for for people. I think in terms of we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute, but I think you're going to get that. You'll get that out of the players from Jamie Maguire if he's in charge on Saturday. You'll get Saturday. that galvanised response. Thank you. Uh, more of your comments uh, coming in. Keep them coming in. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep up with them uh, <laughs> as much as I can. Uh, JD says, I, re I feel really sad for John Dempster and I don't envy the position of the new manager. Uh, Roger says, a Sheffield United supporter mate of mine has said he thinks Tyler Walker was a big loss to the side. I keep telling him uh, Maynard replaced him, but it doesn't seem to sink in with him. Uh, it wasn't just Maynard that replaced him. For me, we replaced the business we did in, in the summer was, was great because we replaced one 20 goal a season strike with two. Unfortunately, neither can hit a barn door with a machine gun. <laughs> Mickey Maynard, three chances on Saturday. Two great saves from the keeper, but he hit him straight at the keeper. But a lot of the season yeah. were saying they haven't been getting the service, but Saturday they did, and they didn't, they didn't deliver. Well, 
what they were set up to do. And I'll say great Put bit, it in the net. great bit of skill from Andy Cook, and just shows the predatory instincts that they had. That they have got that they've not seen most of the season. Classic Route One football, that wasn't it? Great ball from Elijah, two bounces, one one bang sorted. <laughs> uh, Chris says, uh, "Is Tisdale the right man to take the stags on?" And keep us from a relegation dogfight. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and Gary says, Roger, you're spot on, mate. Uh, Walker has been massively missed this season. Nowhere near his finishing ability this season. He's also continuing to perform at Lincoln. Uh, Roger adds, played the wrong setup, uh, the wrong setups throughout as well. Uh, we've spoken about that many times. Right then, big question: Where do Mansfield go from here? As I mentioned in the intro uh, to the um, to the show. Um, we are in. We have been granted permission to talk to um, Graham Coughlin of Bristol Rovers, who, again, hasn't had a lot of time in a managerial job. An experienced coach, he had a couple. He had a longer time with Bristol Rovers under Daryl Clark uh, there, and took over from him in January. Has done well with them. Just one manager of the month, I believe, as well. But commutes from Sheffield. Uh, no, he, he lives in Bristol, lives but in his Bristol, family but are all in Sheffield. Yeah, that so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. He commutes yeah, from Sheffield to stay in Bristol and Flatshire in Bristol. Uh, to his, his house is in Sheffield, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I knew where I meant. It's, <laughs> um, it, well, one of us that too, didn't they? <laughs> um, but what's your views on that potential appointment? I'm going to start with Nathan because Nathan's got mm. a, an interesting... So we've already had this conversation-ish. So I'm going to start with Nathan because I think Nathan's got an interesting side of the argument here. Yeah, I I, <coughs> I quite support the idea. Uh, I know, again, there's a few question marks over his experience that he's got, uh, especially when we were sat at, well, not here, but sat at my house six months ago, having the same argument saying John Dempster's probably not got the right experience. But I think he's got a bit more than John Dempster. <laughs> Only a bit, but he has got some more. Um, I don't know much about him as a character, but from what we've got family friends who are from Bristol who are massive Bristol Rovers fans that have been going for a long time that highly rate him and they, they're disappointed he, he you know he might be leaving um, so that speaks to good volume I just hope he's a strong character but the, the differences for me it will be depending on you know who comes in if it's him will be the the stance that we we set from above him from you know John Dempster John Dempster John Radford uh, <coughs> and Carolyn about the expectation levels. So I, as I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier on in the show, I think this is an opportunity now to to reset those expectation levels. Something that we probably should have done when John Dempster took the job. Rather than saying we're here for promotion and promotion only, um, I think personally promotion is done for this season. I don't think we I think we're too far off. I know obviously anything can happen in football, but when you look at the, how the situation is now, I think this is now the chance to let someone come in. They've got the rest of this season now to well, well maybe make some changes in, in January and keep us up that's the most solidify our position yeah <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know be, really be given time but they they have to make that clear they have to make get the fans on that right on that same level of expectation because if they come out and say we're still open for promotion this season then all, straight away they, that that we're just where we left off with John Dempster because we've got to come in with the same players yes we've got a bit of time to change it but the same player the same sort of confidence level the same problems and the pressure's already on him straight away the so. real issue here is is the directive which comes from the top hmm. the directive that the Radfords give to whoever 
succeeds John Dempster. Is the target still a top three finish, which this season is a bigger ask than somebody walking in with a million pounds and handing it to me right now? Still waiting. Um, <laughs> and I think it's then where do you reset that bar to? Because they will not, having, in my opinion, they will not uh, want a manager to come in having been up the, in and around the playoffs for the last two, three seasons um, to then finish 13th, 14th. I think they will want a manager to come in and at least push for the playoffs. But I even, in, in my heart of hearts, without, let's be fair, because of what people have said in the comments, and I think we all agree, without a bit more heavier investment in January in the transfer window... I think that's an unrealistic proposition because you're looking at a squad of players now, 90%, who have essentially let two managers down and failed two managers. There's a, there is a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Theme developing there, isn't there, Nath? Yeah, I would agree. I think we, I think there needs to be changes in, in, in January. How many? I don't know, but. I, I, I'm, I might get shot down in the comments for this because, especially when people say about our finances, but I personally would like them to come out and say this season now is about stability, as in settling down the, the issue that we're in. And I know you should be saying when we've got the money and the players we've got, it should be about promotion, but I, I, I think they should say, draw a line a little bit on what's happened so far. Let's stay, let's get things settled down, let's get the squad sort of together maybe you know continue the theme about getting still young players involved the youth team to a certain extent but stay up <laughs> stay up this season and, and next year will be the promotion push again the real issue though is when Steve Evans left there were 12 games to go and we were still expected to finish in the playoffs yeah but there are we still the, 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 when yeah. we left though it was, it was the difference between the, the league position we're what 18th are we now 18th yeah. we are it's 12 points off the playoffs I mean that's not Seven impossible North North it's, it's not impossible we'll drop 12 points 7 so. yeah it's 7 we're at 18th aren't we yeah it's worrying yeah no, that's the difference really with, with Steve Evans we were, when he left 3rd or 4th or whatever it was like yeah you probably should expect at least at least playoffs at that point really uh, and I mean what was it a point that we finished out so I mean it was close yeah. but yeah we did we did in a, in a fashion it was below our expectations but saying we expect playoffs now even though there's more a lot more games to go I just think it's a big ask I just don't think it's think of it this way I think it's not realistic but imagine if he did pull it off he then exceeded he's expectations but no, but he's, he's exceeded <laughs> expectations at that point so I, I just I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't be unhappy if they came out and said Let's steady the ship now this season. Let's go for mid table, higher mid table. If we met playoffs, that's a bonus. Fans, minimum expectation is to finish twelfth. I know fans are going to be disappointed because yeah. they, they, you know, the fans want promotion and and that's what's been not promised, but sort no, of, I, I disagree. I well, think maybe I, I think yeah, <laughs> the, the way it was said in the summer, we are we're still going for promotion. We want promotion. Yeah, that for me is a, is. In, think, in a roundabout way, I promise. I think people are going to be disappointed if they did turn around <coughs> and, and say 
we you know we're probably not going to get it now but we're disappointed anyway because of what we've been served up this last few months so i don't think it's going to be make things any worse i just think it's not about yeah there might be a little bit of a backlash to start off with but i think it's more about giving this next manager a real opportunity to 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 deliver uh, and big, making it a realistic i think the biggest thing for me is i think we could get playoffs because there's enough of the season left to change a change some things we've got january we can make changes but I think the biggest thing is, do the players want it? Because going on what we've seen so far, pff, nah. Because our form at the minute is worse than Chesterfield's, I think. Not far off. Don't think it's that bad, mate. <laughs> no wins since then. Yeah, we're not playing well, part-time. But, that's basically, I yeah. don't want to be the one to say this, but think back to this time last year. Our neighbours down the road in Nottingham yeah, finished the season before having lost in the playoffs started the season after alright they kept the same manager in charge didn't didn't go well for them got rid of him brought in somebody else to try and keep that expectation and to try and keep them going they were in a similar position and ended up falling through the relegation trap door three managers last season though yeah, Mental. It, but it's we, it's scary though the pressure I think I'm going to take the words out of your yeah. mouth here the Whoever is brought in now, I imagine I will be very. I imagine he's going to be brought in now to still try and achieve promotion. I'm sorry, I think that's still the aim. Oh, I hope not. And, and when that doesn't, and when that inevitably doesn't happen, come February time when we're probably still outside the playoffs, and a knee-jerk reaction is made, I hope it isn't. I don't think it will be because I don't oh. think I don't think our board are the, are the type. But given fan pressure and given the expectation, which is way through the roof. It's a situation which you know we're not too dissimilar from, is all I'm saying. That's, and that's why that that that's what it could happen. Me. That if we brought in Graham <coughs> Cochran now and still said we want promotion and and we carry on the same bit of form we're in, what? How many games did Harry Kew have? Was it six or twelve, something like that? It was it was, not a, many. It not was many. very few. It probably wasn't even twelve, but it was a lot less, wasn't it? So uh, you know, if we're still saying we want promotion and nothing changes. Fans are gonna end up saying the same things that yeah. oh this manager's not not cut out for it. That's why I think. Never mind who we. I think it's somewhat even more important about what <coughs> what we say from the top more so necessarily than the actual man with your point in in a roundabout way. Obviously the, the manager's important, but I I really strongly feel that we've got to like I say steady the ship with the expectation levels. I'm gonna throw something out there. I'm gonna throw a grenade into the air and see what happens. That's great. Mansfield have never really taken time in appointing a manager. One has always been lined up to go from the other. Holdsworth, replaced by Duncan Russell. Um, more to do with the fact that at that particular point that there was a lot of stuff going off the pitch to try and stabilise the club as a whole, which we're thankful for, etc. etc. Paul Cox was then watched for a long time, and when um, Duncan Russell got rested, uh, you know, finished at Wembley I think we all knew that his time was going to come to an end and Paul Cox had been watched for a long time Adam Murray was probably the exception to, exception to the rule in terms of he was, he was brought in in, care, in caretaker charge as the search for a manager went on he was interviewed as part of the process but because of his passion for the club and the way he'd been performing as caretaker he was given the job and in my opinion it had been that was probably the direction it was logistically and um 
what's the word I'm looking for, naturally going to go anyway. Steve Evans the same, he was brought in like that. David Flickcroft brought in like that. John Dempster brought in like super, super quick. It appears like it's happening again with Graham Coughlin. I would personally, potentially, if you know a deal can't be done, like to see Maguire have one or two games and appoint a manager before the January transfer window, naturally. But I'd like to see him have one or two games and just take our time a little bit with that process. I'm going to have to catch that grenade a second I, and just throw it back. I'll say I agree with that to an extent. because I'm not saying I want Maguire to take the job full time. I'm those, saying let's just chill out. and Those one or two games, though, if he has those one or two games, so Northampton and then Port Vale. Port that means, that means you've got one. Whoever comes in's got one game before the window opens on New Year's Day. But, but the other point I would make is why well, I'm going to throw the grenade back at you is that if they have two games, we could be one point off the like, relegate off that, that bottom spot. Though. But we could that also could happen we, with we, a new manager in it charge could, anyway. It could. That, that, that doesn't matter. Who's well, in we're charge, pretty close it? as it is, and then if you know, but if that does happen, then people would, it would then be like, well, we should have had someone in charge because. Well, that's, this is what's happening. We're, get, we're now losing game, carried on losing games. When you get a new manager in, it always seems that if your players want it, then you always seem to do better when a new manager comes in. You see the amount of times that you see when a new manager comes in, and it's like it just galvanizes the players. And say when a manager gets sacked or quits, you always <coughs> get an immediate response from the players for some reason. It, it, it's like. Is it a, a load of weight off the shoulder or the pressure? Is it? Has it finally got to him? It's like, oh, thank God for that. It's all, it's all laid off for now. And let's hope that a we can get a decent result on Saturday and just see what happens over the next I, few days. For for me, I would, I would love to see someone come in who's like Steve Evans. Now, not him because I think he's poison for any football club he goes near. But that'd just make the whole environment but, toxic, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm toxic. He's toxicity. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I, I, I he's, he, he's poison. No, so I don't. I would not welcome him back one minute. But the reason why I say like him is that I, someone strong to come in and, and say and, and to get a reaction. You've got to make these players work a bit harder. And I think coming in is a great opportunity right now because January's around the window, uh, around the corner. And you can turn around and say, if you don't want to be here, um, you know you, you, you're going to be. Well, as in, if you got to show me why, you know, why you deserve to be at this football club. And, the problem and, is, and though, make them go out there and, and perform. The problem, the problem is, I don't want to elaborate on it too much, but the problem is, we have to, in order to do that, we have to become a selling club because we cannot afford for a manager to come in and say, right, if you don't want to be here, you don't want to perform, I'm going to bring somebody else to replace you, then end up with a squad of 35, no, no, 40. We have to get rid of them. We'd have to be a selling club. Yeah. One out, one in, one out. Yeah. We'd have to be one for one. But the, but not just because of finances and and I mean obviously that that goes without saying it's it's good business sense to do that anyway. But to change the mentality within the group is, you know, we don't we don't want to have that situation a bit like Notts County last year where they had thirty odd players uh, because what that is just going to be create a negative atmosphere because those players who, you know, arguably have the ability to play but. Uh, you know, aren't in favour when they're still around that first team environment. It's not going to be good because you know that's where you get the cliques forming, uh, different groups, and that's where you get that sort of animosity between those groups as well. So, no, as in, I, I you know, I think you should come in and, and 
if players don't want to be here, then not just sideline them, but let them go. It's that thing. We, Notts County the money, went hopefully. through it. Notts County went through it all last season. We went through it in January. <coughs> Didn't sign players. We signed names, and that is the that is what was. I still maintain our biggest mistake last season was Greg Abbott bringing him in as yeah, recruitment. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I think. But I that's think, that's. Because there was, it was the signings that were the, were I, think, I think signings were taken out of flip. And that was his responsibility. Response, I think a Jose yeah. was a gamble, but I think Grant George Grant was a gamble. He was injured. He was probably the he worst. He was not a player who wanted to play League Two football. It wasn't. But when he was playing, this is the point. When he was playing. He could do something with it, but when he... And then what are you games you watching? Because I saw I mean, two where he turned up. What I mean, like, you look at like the playoff semi-final, second leg. Flickcroft didn't even bring him on until like, the last two minutes because we knew we were going to penalties. Someone of his calibre, knowing what he's done in the past, knowing the ability that he has got, we're just so hesitant making subs, and it's exactly the same this season. We've got players that can play. We've got players that are on the bench... <laughs> we know we can do something, but we, we just leave it too late. Danny Rose on Saturday, far too late. We know the ability that Danny's got. We know he can change a game. We know the passion he's got for the club. Why isn't this being utilised? Why are we waiting until literally the last but 10, 15 minutes? Danny to be able Rose to and George Grant are very different. George Grant had no passion I mean, for the club. But and he probably deserves to be on the bench. I, was I know he's, the he's ability got, a, I know he's got the potential ability there, but... Apart from that, I'm going to agree oh, with Craig. Apart from those two early games that he had, the rest of the season he was like a passenger. I want so to steer this away from. To be on the bench. I want to steer this away <laughs> from uh, the tangent that we're going down because I want to put us cards on the table now. We asked the question of where now Mansfield are without a manager. We are in discussions with Graham Coughlin at Bristol Rovers. There will potentially be a compensation package to pay there should we pursue that avenue and bring him and potentially his assistant Joe Dunn with him as well. So. Um, with that, give me one name who, if uh, the Coughlin thing didn't work out and we were going down the route of we are going to put in a compensation package and buy another club's manager, essentially. Give me a name of who, for anyone from maybe, you know, championship down to, to, to conference or wherever, give me a name of who you would pursue. I'm going to start with Cam. See, the car I said, Nick. Uh, Mickey Flynn like, I've Newport. changed minds. don't you steal mine mm. do not steal mine I'm trying to think who you might have gone for oh uh, Phil Parkinson ok no I didn't go for him but there you go because I know there were rumours flying around months ago about him coming I know I know not it, going to somewhere like Sunderland is always going to be <coughs> big shoes to fill because they're a massive club for the, for the league they're in and the fan base that they've got and the stadium for one but and uh, but you've seen what he can do with a team, and uh, given that chance, and I think I know some of them aren't doing great, but when he's got the budget in January, he'll be able to do something. Same as if he came here, fair enough, he won't be able to change anything until January. But it it, it be like just making do until then, and then just go like, right, we need to do this, this, and this. So we'll <coughs> either send him out on loan, or we'll sell him. Bring someone else in, similar sort of player, but just a little bit different, and just like actually really look into your signings. And I'm not saying that Dempster didn't look into his signings, but it just seems that the signings that we've made hasn't complemented what we'd already got. 
and it's just adding to the pile and we didn't really get rid of anyone if you get what I'm saying yeah the players we, who went were loan players anyway so we basically just filled we, we, slot, we filled we're, slots we filled the gaps but it, it's, it's I, I, I still think his business was good in the summer. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you Brink- can't not look at bringing Nicky Maynard, Andy Cook, both 20 goals, sco- 20 goals, nah, both 20 goal a season strikers, bringing them two in to replace Tyler Walker. You can't look at that and I mean, say that's not yeah. good business. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent business. I mean, I yeah, like that, but when you think, right, the whole goalkeeper situation, should we have brought someone in? That's a little bit more experience. I know we bought uh, Aiden Stone in, who's a fantastic young goalkeeper and has got a lot to learn, but will be a good gem in the future. But it left Conrad out to dry. Uh, well, but again, I'm gonna. They would have known the prospect of Conrad Logan becoming a goalkeeping coach, which is doing now. Yeah, but pleasure was in at the time. Like, but he was in the pipeline, though, do you? It's, it, 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 it probably. Dempster's decision to let Paddy go was it? I'd... Yeah, we all said that, didn't we? That Dempster needed his own backroom staff. Yeah, yeah. And then changed his mind and brought him back. Yeah, because they couldn't. They, they couldn't find anyone. Yeah, but I, you know, I, again, I, I slightly disagree. Just like say with with the goalkeeper situation, I think we've got two <coughs> goalkeepers within the club anyway, so it, it didn't really for me need to. But I don't. Know, I, I, I just, I'm going to defend him on his on his recruitment. I thought his recruitment was good for me. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think it, it, if, we I, if they were bit... played right, I think yeah. that's where it's gone wrong. I don't think it's a recruitment. I think it's the man management tactics and that thing that's made those new signings not look very good. Anyway, <laughs> name. We've gone on a tangent again. Yeah. Give me a name. <laughs> um, I won't steal yours, even Thank though you. I agree. So I would have gone with yours. So when you say yours, that was who I would have chosen. Okay. I agree with you. However... My other choice, I'd probably go for somebody a bit like Dave Artell. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. You know, Again, he's <laughs> probably achieved, overachieved with what he's got to work with. You know, working with young players, bringing them through. Um, you know, he's been given time and shown what he can do, play, playing a good brand of football. And even for, again, for a relatively, you know, he's probably quite a young manager. Uh, in, in today's age really but it shows <coughs> that he can man manage so I would you know I I certainly wouldn't be disappointed if he was uh, made Mansfield Town manager tomorrow and Crew have also I've said this a while, for a while about Crew as well they've got the uh, philosophy that we would love to adapt nice little stadium yeah. good little good little club uh, develop players through the youth system and then you know bring them into the first team and, and then sell one or two gems on uh, to make money and make profit. Mine um, is one which might cause a few controversies, but if we're looking at the opposite end of the scale now, in terms of a, an experienced head who has done both, kept kept teams up, stabilised, galvanised, and achieved promotion against the odds, I would look no further than John Coleman at Accrington Stanley. Because... Who are they? Exactly, exactly. Um, because of that exact reason, he can work on a tight budget if that's something which we need to look at. Which potentially it might be in the future if things don't quite go our way. He has got a proven record of keeping sides up. He's got a proven record of getting teams motivated and dragging them to the right end of the table and getting the job done. More importantly, and 
He plays a very good brand of football, mm. which is very hard to defend against and sometimes very hard to play against and beat. That is why Accrington are no mugs at the level they are. They are they are a solid League One club, which, to be honest, with their fan base and with their, their budget, is not something you'd expect and something where we want it to be now. Yep. So that would be my choice. The other one, of course... Gareth Ainsworth, but we're never going to touch, never going to get him. No money in the world, no club in the world will ever get Ainsworth away from Wickham, which is why I didn't say him. Realistically, for me, I'd be looking at John Coleman. I agree. The other one would have been Jim Bentley, but obviously that boat, that that ship has sailed because he's now at at Fylde rebuilding and trying another adventure. But John Coleman, I think that'd be a. A prospect for me. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. A lot of you have been uh, getting in touch. I have lost some of them, so I do apologise. Because after a while, your phone freezes on you and uh, you lose all the comments. Uh, so I do apologise if I've missed your comment uh, tonight. Thanks very much uh, for getting involved. Drop us a comment now and let us know who you'd like to see um, replace John Dempster. We'll be here for another uh, five minutes or so before we have to shoot off and get on with the rest of our evenings. Roger says... I would not put pressure on the players to get promoted, but just to stay up. That way, they have a better chance of the playoffs. Reverse psychology. Uh, talking about new um, managers, um, Chris says Tisdale. No compensation. Uh, no compensation to pay, uh, and he is a strong gaffer. He's got a proven record as well. Five promotions on his CV uh, as well. Again, rebuilt extra and, and created a good model there, similar to what we want. Uh, Peter. Uh, and uh, Roger both say Ian Holloway that'd be a crazy choice oh, I'd be able to go into uh, Brett Rovers to be honest but yeah that's, that's who they want yeah I yeah. think he's going I think he'll be go back there again yeah Absolutely, well, and I'd, I'd definitely take him. Though. And he's mental, like yeah, yeah, really, it would be hilarious. We had the laugh with. We had the laugh with. Imagine Steve Evans oh. meet Adam Adam Murray's joke. That there will never be a funnier thing than when Adam Murray did the mock press conference where his phone rang and went, "I hey, know him." Nah, Ian Holloway would be perfect for this podcast. Is all I can say. It would, wouldn't Radford, it? if you're listening. Oh, you know the content it would be yeah, great. Yeah, wouldn't I mean, it? Just, just for us, like you know, just, just for us. Oh dear. Uh, and uh, Jamie says Nathan Jones as well. His name has been touted a fair few times. Again, not one that I'd touch at the minute. It's another one, though, that again, no compensation <coughs> to pay. So, yeah. It's and that, he's it's got that bonus. Well, he has, but not at this level. Well, he yeah, has. Luton. Yeah, yeah he, he'd need time, Luton, I think. Luton have done an us, tried to buy the league. Yeah. It, I, again, I, I think he'd, uh, he'd be on the no list for me, but I'd back him. I'd back, I'd back anyone, but anyone you wouldn't want. Evans. Evans. Colin Palmer. Evans. Colin Palmer, like, yeah. Um, Evans. Um, <laughs> um, no, sorry, we'll Maguire. bring Dave Goldsworth back, why not? Get out. Still leave. <laughs> leave. Still what? No, leave, in. you swore, leave. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Is that what he said to you? Go. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch the Perry. Uh, right, uh, let's uh, move, move in very quickly on. Obviously, um, we are nearly running out of time tonight. Thanks very much for all your comments. We do have a bit of business to take care of, though. Obviously, um, we might not be here again before Christmas, so this was due to our due to be our Christmas podcast this week. Potentially, if we appoint somebody f- before Thursday, we might sneak in another one. Maybe even Monday. Who knows? We will see what we can do for you. Uh, but just in case it's not, Merry Christmas. 
uh, and a happy new year. Um, and Thanks for, for Merry Christmas. So I've got a little present. Oh, right, well, here we go. Here we go. Present. Just say I brought sausage rolls, so my present can. Mine's better. Apparently, Paul Ince has just been mentioned on the East Midlands today as well. Again, Ince, strong character. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've got what's Nathan's got as a present for the. There you go. Oh, is this the? Uh... Oh, okay, I'll show it to the camera. This is a very good addition, and this is going to definitely live uh, on the podcast wall. We might have to make some uh, alterations. I'll move it around to the ca- so you can see it on the camera. Hopefully, camera uh, will yeah, focus. There. there we go. It's hopefully focusing there. Uh, this is. Do you want to explain what this is, Nath? I For those at home who are listening <laughs> on the audio version of this as well, yeah. So I think it's uh, well. So, so first of all, obviously it's a, it's a photograph-ish uh, photo frame <coughs> with. Um, I don't know. You ask me to describe it. I've never bloody seen the thing, but like, uh, <laughs> that's true. So, ask a blind man to yeah, describe I something. Mean, I, I genuinely got this after I went blind. So uh, you, it's a, you put me right on the spot here. So um, I haven't really got a clue. I just know it's got a lot of names on it, uh, which is from our championship winning season absolutely so so I was, the reason why I wanted to pull it out as well because you talk about managers there's one in there and I there's think three on there in the car you said well there's actually yeah true but I'm showing the car you said you might bring one of those no, you wouldn't, wouldn't say there's more than three in there I think does it, let's have a look where, where are we three yeah there's, there's Moss, three current Moss, managers Moss, in there Dance. yeah yeah there's three Murray Dempster and Paul Cox so yeah there's yeah. three in there well there you go uh, so what it, what it is it is a photo frame as Nathan said it is uh, a stag's badge uh, designed in the way with all the names uh, of the championship winning uh, side, which obviously included uh, Adam Murray and John Dempster as players, managed by Paul Cox, uh, with obviously the colours amber, blue and black to make the uh, MTFC and the stag. Uh, Nathan is, Nathan is, I'm sure won't mind me saying he's actually in the process of moving house at the moment am, yeah. and uncovered this somewhere. Uh, was going to sell it um, and I offered him... Uh, five for the podcast, but he brought it in a present bag, which means by law I don't have to give him any money. Uh, which means that now we have a new addition for the podcast table. It's just going to be interesting about finding where, where it's going to go. I think there to cover Cam's face because that uh, would be so much better. There it is. It, it sort of thanks, lads. It sort of fits in there. We might we might put it on the wall at some point, but we appreciate uh, you bringing that in for us. Merry uh, Appreciate you bringing that in uh, for us, uh, Nath. Um, more comments coming in about the managerial situation. As Martin said, uh, Ince just been mentioned on East Midlands today. Uh, Chris says, according to East Midlands today, Paul Ince uh, and the Knox County Gaffer who took him to the playoffs so are in the running, so that would be Kevin Nolan. Um, no, thank you. No, I'm uh, good. Uh, me you know too. said that no list? Yeah, yeah he's Kevin one. Nolan. No. Yeah. Paul Ince would be an interesting one. Uh, that would... For me, be probably be right up uh, <coughs> Karen Radford Street as well. You know, they, as in a, a name, yeah. a big name coming in uh, brings brings a lot of attention to the club, uh, which you know puts the club on the map a little bit, like Steve Evans did. Did he get promotions on his CV, Paul Ince? I, don't I can't remember. No, he did, did not do it. MK Dons, you not do it with MK. Maybe he did. I, I, I might get yourself on Wikipedia, Cameron. Have a look. But, I think uh, potentially he took them from League Two to League One. Possibly. When he was gaffer there. Uh-huh. With, by the way, his assistant. Quiz question, anyone know who his assistant and first team coach was no. during that time? No. Duncan Russell. Was it? Duncan yeah. Russell worked under Paul Ince at MK Dons. So that'd so be an interesting go. one, I think. Um, the, 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 the only thing, a bit like we were talking earlier, where we said about uh, Graham Coughlin coming in um, and, and, uh, or, uh, versus someone like Paul Ince, is the reputation 
the name brings with it. Yeah. And then also that takes expectation mm. with it. So again, Pauline's would that carry on the expectation level of promotion? Would, would, you know. Been out of the game for a long time. Yeah. He has. Can, well, can he has, can, he has yeah, he has contact. Yeah, the League Two champions yeah. in the 07 08 season. Yeah. So has got promotion. Oh, that's a, that's a dismal season to remember. That was easy yeah, we went down. Correct. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, could some light in. As I was trying to say before, Nathan got the present out and took the podcast on another tangent. Sorry. Uh, a tangent of all tangents. It's great. Um, it is time for the Christmas Pound prediction game. Um, Cam's not been here for the past four weeks. Um, but he's not predicted, so he doesn't have to put any money in the pot. Although if you want to, feel free to chuck the 20 quid in there that you probably owe by now. And a joke. Not bad. Uh, no. Uh, so it's pound prediction game. Because we don't know when we're going to be on next because of uh, timings and things like that, we are going to predict the next two games. Okay, so we're going to put our... We're going to put our we are going to predict... You have to make me get up now. Well, there you go. Finally got rid of it. It's great. Uh, Cam's actually gone to get more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I'm yeah. not going to tell you what he's doing behind <laughs> the camera again. Yeah, straight to the uh, eight, the bank account. So, power prediction game this week. We're looking for two pounds. Um, Nathan, whilst Cam's coppering up, I'll ask oh, for yours. Thank pounds. you very much. Uh, I will put those in the pound. Well, you owe like you usually do. Uh, the pound prediction pot. Uh, in goes one. In goes two. Can I have your two predictions, please? We'll start off with. The game on Saturday against Northampton, which we've not really talked about, which could be the first for a new manager or could be the first under Jamie Maguire in a caretaker spell. Nathan Edge, your prediction, please. Um, <coughs> I'm going to go for a 1-1 a one, one draw. A draw, a one-all draw. Cam, can I uh, take your pounds, please, into the pot they go? And your prediction for Saturday is... 1-0 win. A 1-0 win. I uh, I think... I'm going to put my £2 in. In it goes. For both games. I think that we will have the stereotypical uh, new manager slash caretaker slash change bounce. Uh, and I'm going to back us uh, to win 2-1. Uh, I'm going to say a 2-1 win. Right, Cam. Uh, the Boxing Day... Uh, Game against Port Vale, please. Cool. 2 2 draw? 2 2, yeah. Okay, uh, Nathan? 2 1 win. 2 1 win. Uh, boxing Day in it, Boxing Day at home. Uh, sod it. 3 0 win, I'm going all out. <laughs> Why not? Because if we haven't had a new manager Saturday, we certainly will by the Port Vale game, I'm convinced. So, 3 0 win. Wrong do, you think, do you think Messi's coming in as player manager or something? Is that what you think? Who knows, mate? Who knows? <laughs> it could be. Uh, oh, like Craig's got his football manager CV in. Absolutely, I have, yeah. yeah it's... We're going to get Andy Murray in. <laughs> <laughs> this is just getting stupid now. Uh, it's, it's daft. Uh, so, obviously, we'll hopefully be with you before that Port Vale game, um, depending on when we appoint a new manager and how things go. So it will either be Thursday, 6.30-ish. You've not been here for that, I you get the catchphrase. Catch I'm confused, Thursday? Thursday, 6.30-ish, the usual regular time, which will be our Christmas special and new manager special, or Monday at some point. Stay tuned to our Facebook and our Twitter. Just search for at MCFC Matters to stay 
updated. Thanks very much for all of your comments uh, this evening. Uh, really appreciate um, your time and getting involved and things like that. Finally, uh, final word from both of both of you guys. Give me a name. Who do you want, regardless of speculation, regardless of um, you know all, all things up in the air? Who do you want to be the next Mansfield Town manager, Nathan? I would take Graham Cochran. I, I, yeah, I'd, 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 I wouldn't be disappointed. Tam? Yeah. Same to be fair. He's done a good job so far at Bristol Rose on, on a shoestring budget. I think it looks most likely as well. I would back Graham Cochran, back the appointment of Graham Cochran. However, I would potentially like to see if Paul Ince is being touted. That's put an idea in my head, but I would love if we've got if we've got a budget to go and get a manager. Let's go and get John Coleman, and let's go and build for the future, and 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 see where it takes us. I Whatever. I am dreaming a little bit, but it's Christmas. You are allowed to dream at Christmas. Whatever your viewpoints, whatever your your stance and things like that, it is a results-based business, and the time obviously has come uh, for John Dempster to move away. As always, thanks very much for your comments. Thanks very much for your input. The views expressed in this broadcast are those of the individuals and not those of their associated organisations. If we're not here before Christmas, do have a fantastic day. We've got two home games now. Get yourselves to the One Course Stadium. You wanted to see a change in the dugout. The change has happened. Um, the Radfords have made that change or made the start of the process of that change. So let's reward them a little bit by getting to the One Course Stadium and going and making some noise, some positive noise on Saturday as we host Northampton. Bits of housekeeping for you, of course, if you're a Junior SSA member, Junior SSA Christmas party, Wednesday night at Django's. Visit Mansfield Town Football in the communities page to see more details on that. Final words, obviously. Um, as a player, as a captain, uh, as, a, an academ as an academy coach and manager, John Dempster did absolute wonders for the club. As a manager, 21 games, 22, 22 points wasn't enough uh, to see him further that path even more. I'm not going to steal this and I'm not going to take credit for it because it's been pointed out by somebody else on Twitter. There is a picture of Mansfield Town's title winning squad on the one Core stadium pitch, final day of the season. Adam Murray has got the trophy above his head. The champagne is flying. The, the players are celebrating. There's one man within that group of players who is celebrating who did phenomenal things as part of that defence to get us there. Who was that man? John Dempster. John Dempster. Let's remember him for his time as a player, his time as a captain and the work he did as an academy coach. I don't think we could disagree with the statement that he gave his all in everything he did during his time as Mansfield at Mansfield Town Football Club. John, from all of us at Mansfield Matters, we wish you all the very best in your future career. Whatever path that may take we wanted you to succeed but we understand that it's a resource-based business and unfortunately and i'm sure you'll agree with this as well the position mansfield town are in now is not where we want to be i'm sure not where you want to see us be either good luck for the future thanks for everything you did during your time with the amber and blue and to whoever comes in to succeed in. expectations are always high at mansfield town but you can guarantee 
one thing. That to every single supporter, the board of directors, and to everyone associated, Mansfield always matters. I'm Craig Priest, he's Nathan Edge, he's Cam Felton, Sam the Mercer is at home as well. From us all, have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see with excitement, with ante- anticipation, we shall see what the next chapter and the next decade brings following the stand. Until next time, farewell. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.